everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Work Proud Podcast, and it is my pleasure to introduce you today to Katie Ertnowski, who is the Vice President of People and Culture at CNY Group of Companies. How are you doing today, Katie? Hello, how are you? It is such a pleasure to have this conversation with you. You want to know why I get so excited talking with chief people officers and folks like you? It's because you guys are in the trenches. You're getting it done. This is not theory. And I am so ready to learn from you today. How, how are you doing? And where are you, by the way? I am doing great. I am actually in Manhattan. We are located in Midtown. Manhattan, in okay. Heart in New York City. Yeah, in the busy world, right? Like busy world, yeah. Buildings everywhere, crazy traffic, everything, right? <laughs> traffic, we are right in Times Square. So you it is it's actually quite a sight these days as we get ready for the new year. There you go. All right. Well, I wanted to ask you one very big question and we'll get into details later, but as a a, a vice president of people and culture, as I've said, you're at the front lines. If you were to boil this big topic down to one specific challenge that you see over and over and that has become important to you, what would that challenge be? So the challenge that I'm most passionate about is just understanding the impact of mental health on the workplace. You know, it is extremely important for organizations to take into account not only physical health for their employees, but the mental health of their employees, because that is what's going to make people engaged, efficient, and productive. Wow. Okay. So now, now you got me started on uh, th this very important question. I have to ask you to define mental health, because when, when you even use the words mental health, I, you know, I, I'm sure like most people, we get a picture in our heads. But it's much broader and much bigger than that, isn't it? What is mental it is. health? Mental health is exactly like physical health. So there is a spectrum of things that go into it. So everybody, when you think mental health, you'll jump immediately to mental health illnesses, such as schizophrenia or bipolar or that kind of thing. But mental health is just so much more than that. It's, uh, you know, just ensuring that your mind is, is engaged and focused. Um, that's a big piece of, of mental health. And that's why it's so important for employers to kind of pay attention to it. So similar to your physical health, where you have to do preventative care, and you can get a cold or the flu, or have some, you know, big illness, like uh, cardiac disease, mental health is the same, you have to be take preventative care. And there's everything from just being down for a couple of days to having a, you know, a longer term illness. You know, when you shared what you just shared right now, you used one word that we all use all the time, and that is the word engaged. So many of us, when we talk about, you know, employee engagement and things like that, rarely do we put it in the context of mental health. But I am so appreciative that you've made that connection, because I got to tell you, on Monday morning, <laughs> when some of us wake up feeling a certain way, I mean, you that's bread in your stomach that you have yeah. to get it all back and get back into work. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of have something to do with, you know, engagement, of course, but it's actually a health issue as well. Could you tell us how you found this path and this passion? How did Katie become this person who is passionate about this topic? Great question. So I actually have had a very winding path through my uh, career. I went to school initially for education and I thought I was going to be a psychologist and I actually dropped out of school for a while and then went back to school 
and uh, went for business administration. And I think that between that, as well as kind of the different jobs that I've held, I've really understood the impact of mental health, as well as my own personal experiences with it. Um, so I have had also a winding career path. I've been in healthcare, I've been in insurance, I was in nonprofit law prior to being in construction. Those are huge, vastly different industries. Yeah. One thing I've learned is that, you know, people are would drive everything, right? Mm. That's why HR is so interesting to me that it's all about how do you get people to be to grow and move and to continuing to make progress. Mm. Great question. How do you do that? You know. I think that um, we'll we'll come back to how exactly you've experienced that and how you work work around that. But isn't it amazing how so many companies say that their people are their greatest asset? <laughs> and and, and <laughs> it's usually what what do you mean by that? <laughs> and that and yet line item. <laughs> yeah, and and yet some of the actions uh, might be uh, far from that. Katie, could you take us down a path of what it takes to unpack this problem from the mental health perspective that you've, you've described it. How can we bring change to organizations and, and how have you experienced the challenge and how you're solving it in your organization? So I think the first thing is that it, it, it's a socialization and an awareness of mental health. Again, comparing it to physical health, you are aware that you have to be, you know, feeling good to be able to get out of bed and to eat and to do do whatever it is that you need to do for that day. Same thing kind of needs to be considered for mental health. It's, it's incremental steps that an organization can think about to help provide that um, safety and that psychological safety for employees. So lots of, a lot of people will kind of tackle it and say, okay, well, we're going to need to have a really, you know, robust EAP, which is an employee assistance program and, and all that. And it's important to have all of those steps, but it's also important that you're just thinking about who your people are and what's the best way for them to work and interact with others. Socialization is so so key and socializing is so key to employee well-being and people well-being. And especially over the course of those last two years, we haven't really been able to interact mm. on a that face-to-face level. I know at my organization at CNY, we're a construction uh, and development services firm, and construction is extremely face-to-face and hands-on. Yeah. And suddenly that all changed, and yeah. we, had to, we had to learn how to kind of work in a new environment and a new way of doing things. And that's stressful for people, not yeah. being able to you know, go see in the kitchen and stop and spend a couple of minutes with somebody can, can diminish your day. Yeah. You know, I, I have to say um, socialization, whew, you know, I, in fact, I think I heard somewhere that um, material things aren't happiness. It's really relationships that are happiness. And, yeah. and uh, boy, does that ring true for me? You mentioned you've been using physical health as an analogy most of us can understand. And I really appreciate that because it helps me visualize what you're saying. I know that to keep myself physically healthy, I got to do the standard things like exercise, um, good food. I'm sure there are other things, but I'll I'll just give you those two. What are the things, the very simple things that all of us, since mental health is, is, is something we all are experiencing. What are the, what are the things we can do tangibly to contain it and to, to do a good job with it? Sure. I, I think something that's extremely important to mental health is that sense of belonging 
and that sense of um, being a part of something, right? I mean, that's the basic, there's a basic uh, psychological uh, theory by Maslow, which he has this hierarchy of needs, which yeah. I absolutely love and use as an analogy for a lot of different things because yeah. it's that step building, right? You yeah. can't do that next thing until you have that, that first step taken care of. And so people need to be able to feel that they're a part of a group and they're part of something. And that's where, you know, work can really come into play because you can identify if you've got a good team and you like your colleagues and you feel proud of what you're doing, that, that becomes a part of who you are. Hey, I'm doing this amazing thing. Mm -hmm. That becomes extremely important just in, for an organization to understand, because if you are able to leverage that, and provide that sense of belonging to employees um, and people, you're really going to kind of get that twofold back from people because they're going to want to come to work and they're going to want to do a good job because they like what they're doing and they like, you know, going. That's a big piece of it, right? You talked about that Monday morning dread. I mean, it's sometimes if you really don't like what you're doing, it's, it's that, that pit in your stomach is pretty deep. Yeah. You know, as far as liking what you're doing or not liking what you're doing, um, you know, I, I've, you know, and I'll share this with you later, some of our studies on the topic of pride, we found that feeling, you know, proud of your work is huge when it comes to your sense of engagement and connection. But you mentioned something about Maslow's I want to, I want to go deeper on because I, I also love Maslow's, but I've come to feel that a lot of people have misunderstood Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. And let me explain what I mean, so that you can jump in on it. I feel that almost people say, forget about self-actualization, forget about happiness. Don't, those are not important. Only, only get the tangible things done first before that. And I'm wondering, is that true? Or shouldn't we have at least that happiness as part of our journey? What, what, what do you think? I think that we absolutely should have happiness as part of a journey. I think what happens is that people feel that that's the end goal that they should be working for. And if they don't feel happy, that they're not doing the right thing. Mm. And I'm not so sure that that's the case, right? I think it's that you, you obviously, there's some things that you're going to be passionate about that you're really going to enjoy doing more than others. Um, so I think people have to understand that, yeah, if, if you're going to work and you're not feeling, you know, content and you're dreading it and you're starting to, you know, you cry in your car every day going to work, you should think about what it is. Why is why are you having those reactions? Because something's not right there. That's your body and yourself telling you that that something's not right for you. Um, mm. It becomes extremely important to under, you know, have that feeling of, um, you, you said it, pride, right? In yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Let's, let's get tactical here because, you know, you've made some really important points, especially around belonging, which I couldn't agree more. But for someone listening to this, uh, a leader, a CEO, CHRO, um, people officer like yourself, and they're saying, okay, I got it. I, I, I've heard the words before, but now I want to know what I'm going to do on Tuesday and on Thursday. Are there maybe two or three very specific strategies that you've seen to be working maybe better than others? Sure. I, I think one of, um, it starts on day one. Actually, at CNY, it starts before day one. Mm -hmm. every uh, new hire comes in and they're assigned an onboarding buddy. And that onboarding buddy actually can reach out before the employee even gets to CNY just to say hello and introduce themselves. And they're supposed to be an ambassador of CNY to help that person integrate into the culture. 
as a, as you know, a touch point to let them know, you know, how how things at CNY work, and just be another person that they are have as a resource while they're getting here. Another great thing is is to just um, provide opportunities for people to socialize. It doesn't have to be big ones. I mean, there's always you know the ha- the company happy hour and bowling and all these. Or, or virtual paint night. We've done all of those things. Yeah. But even something as simple as just if you're having a virtual meeting, you know, allowing it to start a couple minutes early and stay a couple of minutes late so people can chit chat before you get into the meeting. Mm. You know, that's that water cooler talk that not everybody gets to have anymore because they're not necessarily in the office. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big part of it is making those connections so that people, you know, feel that they have a sense of, you know, belonging, that they have a team behind them. You know, I wrote down three points that you just made, and I want to repeat them because I think they're that important. They are just critical. You're creating the on uh, the, the onboarding buddies that show you that sense of belonging even before you've joined the company. That's smart. I love that. Then the second one was always create these opportunities for people to socialize and create those water cooler moments that many of us have lost in the pandemic and so on. I think that's just amazing. How about within the context of work itself? So, you know, some people find that they are very engaged in their work. Others, not so much so. We've all seen the the very difficult research around engagement. Do you have any specific strategy about how, and you use the word engagement in in a mental health context. Do you have any specific approaches to engagement specifically uh, in the mental health context? Sure. I, I think that a piece of it is you have to understand that people work in different ways um, and that, you know, people, it, this is a, a, a training kind of understanding, right? There's different ways that people learn. So you have to be able to provide, you know, different way, ways of learning. So you have to write it and you have to speak it and you have to have people play it back, right? Yep, yep, Same context yep. goes when it comes to working. People have different work methodologies. They have different flows. They have different communication styles. Yeah. And so you kind of, as an as a employer, have to understand that there's different ways. Get to know your employee so that you can connect with them uh, in the way that, that works the best for them. Mm. That is extremely important. So, you know, we, we talk, I do it a lot with my team is, you know, what's the best way? Is it an in-person meeting? Some people like texting a little bit more. Some people really want to have that phone call. You know, Mm -hmm. some people are okay with being left alone for a couple of weeks and some people want, you know, check-ins weekly so that they can make sure that, that they're staying on task. Yeah. You really, you have to recognize kind of the work of, you know, who that employee is, and then incorporate that into what you're doing as an organization. I hope you don't mind how I'm really just sort of trying to get all these answers from you, because I really appreciate this analogy and and this lens that you're, this, this paradigm really that you're using to see the world. Not everybody focuses this way. In fact, you mentioned a word, um, a a phrase rather called um, psychological safety uh, earlier on. And for most leaders and managers who come from the school of maybe tough love or, you know, you know, <laughs> let's get, let's get this done right now. And, and just, we're going to be in your yeah. face every five seconds. How do you show people what psychological safety is and why it's so important and how to do it, how to do it right. 
I, it, it is. I mean, listen, I'm in construction, right? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you start hey, to wait a second. Is it, yeah. And, is it like this? Hey, Vinny, where's my hat? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, no, I think it's, 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 it is very interesting because it's the way that I break it down for people is again, it's, it's this term psychological safety and well, oh my God, what the hell does that mean? Right. But it's simple things. It's just making sure that you're providing people the ability to voice their opinion. It's making sure that people feel that, that if something is going wrong, they know who to go to, to have that taken care of. Um, it's making sure that, you know, you're clear on what your policies and your procedures are. Um, and also understanding that nothing is set in stone. And I think this is also something that really starts to happen is that everybody thinks that you have to tackle a big thing all at once. Yeah. And that's not really it. You know, my dad actually taught me this. My dad is a track coach or was a track coach for 39 years, college wow. track coach. And he, he taught me that it's not about winning. It's about doing your personal best that it's small incremental steps that will lead to monumental change. Mm. And I know that's a tenant in, in change management, but I think it is so true is to understand that it's m- making small little tweaks and recognizing that you can change something if it's not working right. Um, or maybe it works right for six months and then it has to adjust a little bit. That's especially important with people because people are changing all the time. Mm. So Keeping that in mind for management becomes the best way that you can provide, you know, safety, that psychological safety to your employees. And and in all fairness um, to managers and leaders who are focused on the bottom line, getting getting results, you know, dollars and cents. I mean, we're in business after all. They do have to care about outcomes and results. But it, it's 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 such a fine line to make sure you not only care about the outcomes and the, the the golden eggs, but also the golden goose, right? Take care of the people um, and really treat them in such a way that they'll continue to to give you your golden eggs, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And 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 employers need to know that that's what employees are looking for. Yeah. And, you know that workforce is changing. And, uh, you know, you see it now is that people are they, they, they have more expectations from their employer um, and you as an organization need to recognize that so that you can meet those needs. Yeah, it's absolutely. Basic human stability, right? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> recognizing that we are all human. We're all human. <laughs> hey, Vinny, all the way down. Vinny, I'm human. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been watching too many Godfather movies or something. <laughs> Um, Katie, let's talk about something that I, I already shared with you, one of my favorite topics, and that is pride and happiness and, and a personal sense of real connection to what one does. It's a little rare. And you see over there, work proud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get to be proud of my work. And that's so important. But not everybody gets that. And I'm wondering what your perspective is, especially from the mental health angle. How do we help people feel proud? of their work. You know, the research is very clear about this. And I promised I'd share that with you, the the work proud study that that we found some strong connections between pride and engagement, but how do we do that? How do we help people feel pride besides letting them hang their guitar in the background? (laughs) I, I think there's a couple of things that as an employer we can do. And I think it's extremely important that employees, you know, are prideful of their work. I also think we have to recognize that what that level is for an employee is going to vary. 
There mm. are some people who are going to, you know, live and die by their identity of their employer because work is really important to them and they're willing to that, do whatever it takes. And there's some people who, you know, believe in work-life integration and have other interests outside of work. That doesn't mean that they can't be fully engaged and have pride and and do things and and be a great employee and and for employers. Um, but again, it goes back to the individual. Mm. And so, how do you ensure that people are connecting to their work and and have that pride and that sense of um, happiness? And I think there's a couple of things. One is that you need to give them ownership um, mm. of of those tasks. Um, because I think the quickest way to disengage an employee is to, you know, solicit feedback or ask for them to do something and then, you know, take the credit or not listen to what they say or, mm. you know, it can, it can very easily um, um, go badly that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's not to say, listen, not every idea can be acknowledged and not every, every idea is going to work out, but I think just, you know, trusting in your employee to say, Hey, I'm going to do this, um, because it's extremely important in HR. I actually have a very, um, uh, green team. They're relatively new. It's a brand new team that we kind of developed over the last year. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a lot of me having to interact with them, but I trust them that when I you know, we assign a project or something like that, that everybody knows that they have what their part is. And if they have a problem that they can come to me rather than me just dictating to them, this is how you get it done. I think that's mm. the difference. Wow. So, so important that uh, people have a sense of ownership. And I think from that ownership, what you're saying is therein comes the pride. I certainly agree with that. I, I know that when I'm involved in a project, that I've been allowed to actually influence. Uh, it just, it just makes the world of, it's like, yes, I'm part of this. You know, this is a piece of this is mine in a sense. Right. Exactly. Um, that, that is so important. Katie, what are you excited about? Any new projects, any things that are coming up that you'd like to share with uh, the world? Um, what's next for, for for you and your organization? So we, uh, we actually are going to be doing a lot of exciting things um, in HR, <laughs> in my organization. <laughs> I don't know if others would feel as exciting, but we <laughs> next month we're going to release all our new employee policies. We've really kind of revamped a lot of things to um, bring things up to speed and update, and we'll do a little bit of a reorientation. I'm really excited about that because that's a way of kind of reconnecting with employees. Mm -hmm. um, even people who have been here long term. Um, and I say that because that, you know, having that moment and having that kind of we're going to turn it into a week kind of event type of thing just gives gives a reason for us to reach out and, mm. and interact. And mm. I think that a lot of times in HR, when you're interacting with employees, it's only on a, a negative basis. Mm. You know, if if. <laughs> If HR gets called in, there's all like, oh, oh no. <laughs> Where, um, where's my psychological safety? Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, I start walking in the door, everybody's eyes get big. So um, I, I'm just excited that, you know, we, we're really trying to position ourselves as partners. Um, our job is to, you know, obviously be a business partner to the organization, but also to partner with employees so that they get what they need and are successful here or elsewhere. Um, you know, depending on what the circumstances are. That, that's really exciting to, first of all, uh, 
feel the passion that you bring to the HR role. I know that there are a lot of people who talk about the role of HR and how is that changing or how should it change uh, yeah. and things like that. So it's, it's, it's awesome to see, to see you uh, taking full ownership of that. Well, Katie, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. How can people get a hold of you? What's your favorite spot to be found online? <laughs> so I'm not that great online. <laughs> um, but I do have a LinkedIn. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I, I have an Instagram, um, but I don't actually, I'm, I'm a little too, my daughter has to teach me how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. We will absolutely, we will provide the, the LinkedIn here for, for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Maybe that's my goal for next year is learn how to. How yeah. To a yeah. Bit more. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, Katie, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure awesome. learning from you. Um, have a wonderful day. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.